How we doing? Welcome into episode seven of the recap. I'm your host, Ryer. Uh, today we got Bryce back on the show to wrap up the Stanley Cup. We have a winner and we're going to talk a little draft. So let's get into it. Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning, Bryce. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of predicted that on our last episode. Um, I wasn't that surprised, but I was surprised that Dallas didn't really do all that much. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I thought they were going to put up a bit more of a fight in that game. They kind of, especially after their efforts the two games before, but I think you're right. It just kind of got to the point where the writing was on the wall. It was inevitable. Dallas had some more injuries um, with, I think, hints going out and stuff, so it was kind of tough. And, I mean, yeah, I, I think basically once Tampa – went up 3-1, it was over. I, like I said last last episode as well, I didn't think there was any chance that they were going to rip off three wins in a row against them. Yeah, and then um, and then with the Norris, you nailed that right on the head. The Conn Smythe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the Conn Smythe, the Conn Smythe, because it was the Norris snub. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, in the, the uh, post-game I was watching – I caught that. I was I was way anticipating that, and I was I got it right. Victor Hedman wins a Conn Smythe. I mean, he was a no brainer choice for me. Uh, it was super close though. Braden Point came in second, I believe, in the voting. Uh, so Veselovsky wasn't even the top two, which we were kind of thinking he was the favorite. So uh, obviously, the people who vote on it agreed with us and gave it to the right guy. So Hedden wins it. Yeah. It was tied for the tie for the, uh, for the tightest um, competition between the two of them with uh, nine to eight in the voting. Yep. I did see that. I did see that. So tight battle, but Hedden wins it out. Uh, I think again, maybe point because he was out a few games earlier in this, in the uh, playoffs or something along those lines. Uh, but Hedman definitely well-deserved. Like I said, he's the kind of guy that really led that team, and they I don't think they would have been there if it wasn't for him. Like, if that that injury, like we said, was more serious, I think they would have been out of it. Uh, the other note I have here, Patty Maroon, absolute beauty. <laughs> Going back-to-back, back, he posts the Instagram, smoking a cigar with the Drake lyrics. Got the drink in me going back-to-back. Back. I was dying laughing. I love this guy. Oh, he is he's a riot to watch on any type of uh on any type of platform. You see him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TV, he's everywhere. Yeah, for sure. He's the kind of guy you definitely want on your team. Like I don't know why he bounces around so much. This guy's obviously huge for the locker room. You see him he's yeah, exactly like You know, you see the different, like, partying videos, and it's like, you know, this group of guys, this group of guys. But, like, seems like he sneaks his way into every single video doing something hilarious or people are videoing him. You know what I mean? Like, he clearly is the one that gets the party going in the locker room. Yeah, and like like you said, it it makes you wonder why he bounces around like that um, because it's not like he's a plug. He's he's – playing third line minutes and he's a good solid player like when he's out there that second goal in game six was literally created by him so yeah he's definitely a playoff player though like second half player like I get kind of 
or like why you'd be tentative to sign him immediately because obviously he's not you know blazing speed uh like playing off the half wall but I mean those are the type of guys you need down the stretch so he's a good piece for teams like this like teams that are mostly all the way there for a Stanley Cup but they just need that extra you know little grit and guy who can make plays but is a big body and that type of thing like Oh man, I'll he's a free agent again, so we'll see where he ends up. I would love to have him on the Capitals, but he's not really I he wouldn't really be a good fit there because I mean they kind of have Tom Wilson playing that role and he's obviously much better offensively. So but guys just a beauty. So any wherever he goes would be good. I don't a know. Play, a place that I think that he would actually fit well with would be the Islanders with the way that Trotz coaches. That's true. That's not that's not a bad idea. Yeah, because he's he's pretty defensively responsible. Um, you think maybe, I don't know, like Bruins? Do they don't really have a guy anymore that's like tough, do they? Nick, that Nick Ritchie guy, but he is a plug. He's yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't mind I don't mind him, but he's he's not. I would rather have I would rather have Patty Maroon all day. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of different spots maybe he could land. But anyways, yeah, great, like, awesome story for that guy. You know, bounces around his whole career, and now he's back-to-back. And he's probably going to get – he's probably going to be one of those guys, like, similar to – well, I thought similar to, at the time, Jay Beagle getting a little overpaid, but he's kind of proven that deal, even though it might be still a little much. But I feel like he is probably a guy that, you know, maybe only deserves like one, one and a half, but he'll probably get like closer to two and a half, three, just because that's one of those guys you want in your locker room because he has the experience and all, and you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what kind of contract you'd get, but I hope that it's more than I, I mean, I've heard multiple times that it was going to be a multi-year contract. So whether that's two or three years, but We'll see how much, uh, how much the dollar sign is worth. Yeah, it would be kind of hilarious, though, if he just kept signing one-year deals and just winning every, like, every team he went to, just won for the next, like, five years. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> at, that, at that point, it'd be an attraction. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, other than him, you know, there's a lot of good guys on this team, Palat, a lot of guys that have worked a long time and kind of – you know, they've had the sustained excellence since, what, 20, like, almost a decade now that they've been in, you know, in the hunt for the cup pretty much every year. So you feel like it was going to happen eventually, and it finally does. And you get to see Stammer. He gets dressed and puts puts the cup over his head. And I heard um, Ryan Whitney actually say, and I thought it was a really good point, that just being able to play that one game and get that one goal that, you know, was a piece of a, a win in the Stanley Cup, that probably completely changes his mindset from a lot of other guys. Like, uh, I believe, like Coburn, I think, didn't play at all. You know what I mean? Like, so he'll get a ring, but, you know, he didn't do any do anything. So it, I'm hoping for, like, Stammer, it's, you know, he's at peace with the fact that he did get to contribute um, even if it was a little bit, but you know, a goal, some, there's guys on teams that play every single game in the playoffs and only score one goal. So, uh, 
that I like hope that's special for him and he doesn't feel like he you know still needs to get that cup or or whatever you want to say yeah yeah I uh I know I I mean there was no way either even if he didn't play that he wasn't going to be on that cup with the amount of games that he played during the year and they're not going to leave their captain off the cup like but um yeah I I think that just scoring that goal probably meant the world to him knowing that he wasn't like, I mean, probably not at the time, but he knowing that he wasn't going to be able to come back. You kind of have to be at peace with that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I obviously knew that regardless, he would be on the cup. I was talking more mentally for him and you know, the people that are going to be talking about him for, which I mean, obviously it's like shoe in hall of famer. I feel at this point, but uh, especially after the cup, but you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't say, oh, you know, like a Tuka Rask, you know what I mean? Like, if you're looking at Tuka Rask's career, are you really saying he won a Stanley Cup? I mean, no, he didn't play a single playoff game. Like, he helped out, his name's on the cup. But that's just the first example. There's obviously a lot of those. And, you know, it wasn't really up to him because Tim Thomas played on, you know, played incredibly. But I'm just saying for Stamkos, he can feel mentally that he contributed to that Stanley Cup. Me as a you know by like a bystander, when I think of it, I will think he contributed to that cup. You know what I mean? I won't say, oh, his name's on the cup, but he didn't do you know he didn't really do anything. Like he scored a goal, like he made a sick play that was part of a win, and you need four wins to Stanley Cup, uh, win the Stanley Cup. So that's you know. That's a huge contribution when you think about it. Yeah. Bigger, yeah. bigger than most people do is what I'm saying. So uh, hopefully he's just at peace with that. And congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, They're kind of a scratch. So that's honestly out of the ordinary for the NHL. But um, I think with everything going on, I kind of said before the playoffs that, uh, and I was hearing, I think it was like Kalorn or one of them was saying, you know, because Florida was so lax with the COVID stuff that, you know, they were training together, like living together. Like no one even left, I don't think, Florida, or most of them didn't even leave uh, to quarantine. They were all still working out together, all that stuff. So I think that's a huge contributor to this is that they had that, you know, collapse last year, and then they were lucky enough to be in a place where they could stick together and continue on that mission they were on. And I think that really drove them to this. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I um, I mean, being around, being around your boys for that amount of time during the quarantine and stuff probably definitely helped. Like, they – it almost was kind of like they didn't lose a step because they came back from the quarantine, played the round-robin games, and they looked good. Yeah. So – they were they were bubbling before there was even a bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, congrats to them, uh, and looking forward to seeing what they do in the off season. They're going to have um, you know a lot of things to answer, but they have a solid, solid core. So I expect them to be right back in it next year. Moving on now to the draft, where we are going to have a lot going on. I think uh, I think a lot of it is going to have to do you know, beyond the players being drafted. I think with the flat cap, um, we've been hearing a lot of rumors. 
Uh, we've been hearing Lafreniere. We haven't been hearing a lot about other guys. I'm sure you have, Bryce. That's why I have you on. You're the expert here. But for me, as you know, someone who's in hockey and pays attention to it a lot, it's been Lafreniere, 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 uh, a couple other guys, but mostly him and a lot of rumors surrounding people getting you know, rights traded, picks changing hands, trying to you know, make moves for next season while staying under the cap that's not going to move. And the first thing that has been swirling this week that's been at the top of the news feed is that the Rangers are trying to uh, put the line out and reel in uh, Eichel from Buffalo. They're dangling the first overall pick and whatever else. I'm not sure what that is, but apparently they want Eichel. Doesn't sound like Eichel would be too opposed to it. Uh, what have you been seeing, Bryce? Uh, no, yeah, I saw the same thing. I think that uh, I think that that would be a smart move for the Rangers because you can't predict that Lafreniere is going to be Jack Eichel, and yeah. so what you're going to want is like if I'm Buffalo, I'm going to want a lot and it would probably end up being the number one pick, which will probably be Lafreniere, Capo Caco, and potentially something else. And if it's something else, it's going to be a, a higher-end prospect. Um, I just I see that working the best for Buffalo um, if they get another prospect because you can't just predict, and Capo Caco was not what they thought he was going to be last year going in. Um, because at this time last year, everyone was saying that Capococco was going to be more dynamic right away. And Jack Hughes was going to be more of a project and both of them got right around the same amount of points. So who you can't, you can't say who won that in the, the first and second, because there was clearly guys in third and fourth and fifth that, that did pretty good in the draft last year. So. Yeah, which is exactly why you can't bank on Lafreniere because they're saying, I mean, obviously he seems to be a better prospect than Kako, but they're, you know what I mean? It could be the same thing where people are saying he's going to come in and score 60, 70 points right off the rip, but he could easily end up like, you know, being somewhat of a two, three, four year project like those other guys. Uh, so it's, do you think you have enough right now? if you get Eichel to make a run, which <clears throat> I don't, I don't really know. Uh, Eichel would be a huge piece because they are super thin at, th at center. Uh, so having the one, two of Zabinajad and Eichel would be huge, but then it's, what do you have on the wings? Uh, you're giving up Kako and, the first overall pick, and then what else? Uh, they need to re-sign Tony D'Angelo. I was wondering maybe, uh, and Buffalo obviously needs, I mean, they need everything. So what if it was like the first and Tony D'Angelo, but, you know, you got to re-sign him there. So uh, there's a lot of possibilities here. I don't think the, range, the Rangers are in a win-win situation in this. If Buffalo wants to trade him Eichel, okay, sick. You get, you know, top, what, 10, 15, and definitely top 10 center in the league. And then 
If not, okay, we'll keep Capo Caco, the second overall pick, and we'll take this Lafreniere kid. And, you know, we're the Rangers, so we can find a center somewhere else to sign. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it yet, but I don't know why they wouldn't give Halsey a look. Um, not that he necessarily plays center, but, um, you know, they can get big name free agents. So again, they they hold all the cards here. It's, you know, they're not really, they don't need to overpay for Eichel, but if they can get him for a reasonable deal, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And like, um, I don't know. I would love to see. I would love to see. I can go there because things are not looking up for Buffalo, and they haven't been for a while. And it, it's kind of getting to be the same story where you want somebody that's that dynamic to win something. Kind of just like his draft mate of Connor McDavid. <laughs> uh, they're both were got put in situations where they were basically handed over the keys and said, "Yeah, figure this out." And they're not built. They haven't really done too much to build around them um, overall. So I just think that I think that Eichel leaving Buffalo would be a smart decision, like for him personally. And going into a Rangers lineup that has Pavel Bushnevich, Zabanajad, Kreider, uh, Panarin, like th- those are kind of guys that you're you're able to gel with because. Buffalo is really young. Yeah, I agree. The Ranger, the like you like you just said, it seems like Sabres, Edmonton too. I mean, lucky for Edmonton, they also have Dreit Settle and you know, McDavid is obviously just otherworldly, so they've been able to drag them to the playoffs a couple times. But yeah, Buffalo has has had him now for what five years almost? Or yeah. And they just haven't done anything. Like, they haven't made any significant moves. I mean, what they do, they got, like, Evander Kane. I mean, that wasn't really it. Uh, They just – they haven't done anything to build something. They seem like the same team over and over again, you know, whereas the Rangers, they bring in the new coach, and it seems like things are changing. They're building something. They're building up to something. They were a team that no one really had expectations for this year, and they ended up at one point being one of the hottest teams in the league, uh, playing really well. And, you know, those goalies are young. They're developing. uh, They're going to be good as far as I know. And if they're not good, the Rangers' pipeline for goalies is infinite. Let me tell you, I know firsthand. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I completely agree. Yeah. They have like six goalies that could be, you know, starters potentially in the NHL. And obviously that's hyperbole, but they, they are loaded in, in goalie prospects, which is why we saw the other news the other day. They bought out Henrik Lundqvist. That frees up a few million for them. Uh, I didn't even remember to put this in my notes, but it just came into my head. So, Hank, where could you see him this offseason? It's so tough because you have to think about who is missing a top-end goaltender and where the holes are going to lie. So, I mean, I guess maybe the Coyotes, but that's just me throwing a team out there. I haven't really thought too much about that part. I think where he's going to go is he's he's not going to be a starter, I don't think, unless he goes to an absolute trash team which 
like, and that's what he wants. You know what I mean? Like, if he's like, I don't care if I win, I just want to start, which I don't really – I think at this point he is going to be ring chasing because he's one of those guys, like we were just talking about the whole stammer thing, that guy has everything going for him, but he hasn't been able to get that cup. Um, Honestly, like (laughs) – don't want to sound like too much of a homer, but I mean, Capitals is like almost a perfect fit. We have Ilya Samsonov. We have the Holpe situation. Don't want to overpay Holpe. We have Ilya Samsonov, young guy, um, could use a veteran, solid veteran backup because I don't know, Copley's okay, but he's not really that impressive. Um, and also, like, I don't really like having two young, young guys that are kind of just starting out in the league, you know having a veteran presence to kind of mentor Samsonov after uh, Braden Holpe, obviously, probably, uh, I don't know, Holpe's not much of a talker, so maybe he wasn't. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you get a guy like Hank in there to, you know, help him become a pro's pro and playing whatever, 30 games a year. I was going to uh, say, if you can get a, a duo of like a 50-30, yeah. it'd be – like give or take two, I think that would be a perfect situation for Hank because you don't want him to go into a situation and play 18 games. He, he, he needs some time. Like he's been there. He's done it. He's done well, brought teams to he, what was it? 2015 that he brought the team to uh, the Stanley cup finals and lost. So. Mm-hmm. As the Kings. Yeah. Or yeah, uh, 14, that was 14. Kings, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he – and, and you know, he's obviously a known commodity too. So, you know, worst-case scenario, if for whatever reason the team that gets him, their starter's not going, like you're not afraid to throw Hank in because he could still catch fire. He obviously had a down year this year. But, you know, if you only need him to, to play – to get 16 wins in the postseason and he obviously wants it badly, so – uh, I don't know, but uh, any number of places, but uh, just Capitals is one that I've been seeing a lot that's coming to my mind. So teams like that, um, look out for that. But let's get back to what this segment was supposed to be about, and I'm going to let you take the reins here, Bryce. We're talking the draft, so I know you got some who you think is going to go top five, uh, a few key guys to look out for on draft night um, that you're going to go over. and that we'll be able to hopefully see walk across the stage tomorrow, even though there won't be a stage. It'll probably just be like a Zoom. I don't even know. I haven't even looked into what the format's going to be, but uh, I'm sure it'll be similar to what the NFL did. Uh, but, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's all virtual on, uh, on NHL Network tomorrow. Um, okay. So the number one pick for basically everybody that has been projecting has been Alexis Lafreniere. Um, he's clearly a dynamic player and he's probably going to end up winning his second, uh, QMJHL MVP award. Um, and the only other person that has ever done that in the queue is Sidney Crosby, who you love. Um, is that good? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And so then there's some comparisons of, uh, some people have said that he's kind of like Jonathan Huberto, but when you ask him, he compares himself to Miko Rantanen, um, which I, okay, yeah. okay, I don't 
confidence there. Yeah. Okay, guy. Someone asks you what your NHL comparison is, and you go for the guy who got, had, like, what, 50 tucks last year or something? Jeez. Yeah. So he finished the year with 52, uh, 52 games played with Ramuski, and he put up 112 points, uh, 40 points on the power play, and uh, a plus 41 rating. So I think that uh, that he is just the consensus pick overall. Um, with the number two, they have Quentin Byfield. Uh, he, it's kind of been a flip flop with him and um, Tim uh, Stutzla. He um, Stutzla is from Germany. He's been playing in the DEL um, for Mannheim, but Quentin Byfield is a big boy. He's uh, he's six four two fifteen. And he plays – yeah, the possible comparison is Evgeny Malkin. Um, so if he, can, if he can pull that off and be a dynamic number two overall, I think that would be awesome for the league because you kind of see the number twos not be, not be clear as like I guess there's always a person that can, you can compare them with that would be a better choice for that position. But him and Stutzla are kind of going head and head to that number two position because the number one is just going to be Lafreniere. Um, with the number one defenseman in the draft, who has been ranked right around four or five, has been uh, Jamie Drysdale from Erie in the OHL. Um, they compare him to Kale McCarr. But this kid is known for his offensive part of the game and not as much on the defensive. Um, so probably kind of like a uh, – he. I mean, he's right around the same size as Eric Carlson. He could probably move like Eric Carlson. With some of the videos that I've seen, it's been unbelievable with how he can skate. Yeah, I was watching um, clips of him the other day. He is disgusting. Yeah, and like his best assets, it says skating, hockey sense, and competitiveness. So I think that this kid – is going to be an awesome defenseman in the league. Um, the number four that a lot of people have been talking about has been Marco Rossi from Ottawa in the OHL. And he, his best asset is face-offs. And some of the comparisons have been Claude Giroux and Patrice Bergeron with the way that he can, he can move that puck like right out of the zone when he needs to. Um, he's known for his playmaking, but he is a 200 foot player. So I think that it would be whoever picks him up is going to be very lucky with having a center that, that can move. Well, number um, four, that's the Red Wings. So, uh, if this guy's in the bong rips, he's not getting picked by Stevie <laughs> Y. Stevie yeah. Y won't have any of that. No, no. So, um, back to, back to Stutzla. Um, another comparable, um, player would be Matthew Barzell and this kid has done pretty well in the DEL for only being last year. He played at 17 years old. He had 41 games with uh, 34 points and these are grown men that he's playing with over there. So, um, yeah, that's one of the, the things I've been noticing as like drafts have gone on the last few years. It used to be guys that played overseas where, kind of like uh what do you you know like niche like not a lot of people were looking at them and different things like that but I think after people saw so many of them like dropping lower and lower 
I think Philip Forsberg was one of those guys that was like, I think he played over in Sweden or something and ended up going like 13 or 14. And obviously we know he's incredible now. So that's been more of a trend is these guys that are playing in men's like, you know, professional leagues over there are starting to go higher and higher. Well, look at Sebastian Ajo, second rounder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's tough to pass on him 31 times or 30 times when he was getting drafted. Yeah. So that's, that's the crazy things that can happen with a draft is like these guys can just go anywhere and they can be overlooked or they get into the right situation. They shine. Um, so the number one goaltender who that's another consensus where this kid will be the number one goaltender selected. And he's one of the only ones I think in the first round, um, like projected wise is Yaroslav Askarov. And you have some, uh, you have some stuff you want to add with this one? Uh, yeah. My only note that I took down here is that his nickname is dream killer. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I want that guy on my team. Yeah. Um, the possible comparison would be Pekka Rene. Um, he's known for his speed, his awareness, and his mental makeup. And, and choking in the playoffs, or <laughs> no? Oh, okay. We can't. We Sorry. can't say that one yet. <laughs> um, but and then another thing that I noticed with him was he last year he um, he played a game for St. Petersburg in the KHL, and he was the youngest. Well, no, the second youngest goaltender to ever win a game in the KHL. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that that is basically it. But the number – oh, I forgot to mention, the number one um, American player that is – he's kind of been pointed anywhere from 6th to 15th has been Jake Sanderson, the son of Jeff Sanderson, played – 1,100 games in the NHL, and it's 700 points. Um, this kid is a defenseman that is slated to go to the University of North Dakota. Um, he's in the U.S. National Development Program, and uh, he is a – he's known for his defensive play, and a lot of people have compared him to a player like Ryan Suter. So there's a lot of upside with him, and – I know I've seen it on um, NHL Network. They have been talking a lot about how good this kid is going to be, and um, that they're hoping that he gets selected higher than higher in the top ten. But he could be as high as number seven. So, but he's projected to be one of those guys that he's going to go play college. Correct? You said UNB. So yes. He'll probably play. He'll play at least a few years there. Yeah, I could see him being a guy, kind of like. Uh, kind of like Quinn Hughes a year or two and um, going over and playing, but he, he's going to North Dakota, which is a wonderful program. Um, but great jerseys, great jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another, there's only two Americans that are um, projected in the top 30 and, or 31. Um, the other one is uh, Brendan Brisson. He is, from Manhattan Beach, California, and he's been anywhere from like right around 15 to to the late first round. Um, he just played the last year in the for the Chicago Steel in the USHL, um, 45 games, 
24 goals, 59 points. Um, he's not a he's not like necessarily a huge player. He's like an average player, six foot, 185 pounds. Going coming in with with that 185 pound build is kind of kind of nice. Um, and he is slated to go to University of Michigan next year. So nice. Well, good stuff, Bryce. I appreciate the draft insight. Looking forward to that tomorrow. Like I said, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think there's going to be a lot happening. So hopefully we can get you back on maybe next week to uh, recap everything. We'll talk some, you know, surprises from the draft. Uh, who went too high? Who went too low? What ends up happening with Lafreniere if that pick does end up getting dealt, uh, you know, We'll see what goes on there. I got two last quick notes that I actually just saw. Well, one I just saw just now as I pulled up NHL.com to look up the draft order. Uh, apparently, the Wild just traded Ryan Donato to the Sharks. So, he gets moved again after being on the Bruins. Um, thought he was kind of finding a stride in the Wild, so that's weird. But uh, I'm assuming it has something to do with cap. They get a third rounder back for the draft. Oh, not this draft, next draft. Um, so, Ryan Donato going to the Sharks. Any thoughts, Bryce? Well, that one just caught me off guard. Yeah, uh, I just saw that. I think uh, – I don't know. I loved watching him. We – I believe we saw him at um, at Harvard at some point. But yep. he uh, – yeah. yeah, dynamic player. I, I think that the Sharks is a spot that I did not expect – him to be ever in but they they need that kind of help too though with a player like that and yeah he was finding his stride um he only had 23 points last year in 62 games so but I think that if he gets paired with the right people where maybe he wasn't getting that in in Minnesota I think it could be a good situation yeah and the Sharks are going to be trying to get back to where they were um, after a disappointing year. So maybe he'll get some big minutes. Uh, he'll play with some, you know, solid players and uh, have a better season going on. And then the last note was uh, this, did you see this Calgary Flames jersey, quote unquote, jersey reveal this morning? Yeah, it's the same thing that they've been using as their third jerseys. Yeah, so they put out this whole big, like, oh, we're revealing a jersey tomorrow. Check it out. Granted, the jerseys are sick. I like the jerseys. They reveal them. They've been wearing these jerseys. Like, they already wore them. It's not a jersey reveal. We already know what they look like. Like, we've seen them playing them for the last, what, three years or so? So, I don't know. <laughs> Hilarious move by them. Corona year. The, the social media team over there is just trying to probably pull something out of the hat. I feel you, man. I feel you. But I uh, just thought that was funny. Oh, I got one for you. Uh, Jason Spezza gets a one-year deal and stays with Toronto. Oh, there we go. Jason Spezza. Uh, yeah, he's probably pumped. He might actually get to play now that Babs is gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thanks again, Bryce, for the draft coverage. Uh, looking forward to that tomorrow uh, and talking to you about uh, what happens there. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. I just appreciate you having me back on and I look forward to, uh, the next time. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. That's all for the recap. Catch you guys next time.